Now, how many of you like uh, to travel? Nobody likes to travel. We are not in Manila. Well, travel does not move. Okay, we are in the U.S. How many of you like to travel? Good airport, air condition, free Wi-Fi. Yes? Yes, you like? Especially if your ticket is free. Yes? Of course. Wag lang one-way ticket. Okay. Now, what if your airport is like this? Oh. Oh, you see? Why are all of, all of a sudden you're quiet? Do you see an... Huh? That is not an airport that you and I are familiar with. But you see, these two people, Pastor Jim Welchel and Sister Louie Welcher, are there under the tree waiting for their plane to arrive. Under the beating heat of the sun. We are so used to comfort, the good things, traffic that moves, car that runs. Right? But if this is what God wants for you to do, okay, you're going to be a missionary to third and fourth world countries. Your airport will be the tree. What would you do? If you're going to be honest with yourself, what are you going to do? You're going to complain. If you're human like me, you're going to complain. Yes or no? Yes. So the topic this morning is beware of complaintitis. Complaintitis. I adjusted it a little. Complaintitis. Let's read our short passage this morning. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 to 16. Let's read it together. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. What's the Bible telling us? Do everything without complaining or arguing. Well, I don't complain about this. I only complain about that. Is that what the Bible is telling us? No. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Guilty or not guilty? Guilty. And what do we often complain about? Yeah. Our favorite, when you go to Manila to visit the land of your birth, where you want to travel one mile, 1.6 kilometers, and it will take you a brief one hour. This happened to us. From CCF Maine, C5 Corner, Meralco Avenue, 
Tumeralgo Avenue, Corner Ortigas Avenue, one hour, half a turn of the wheel, stop. Another half turn, stop. One hour. So what do you do? You're stuck in traffic. You see that? You remember? There's already a light rail transit. But look, the car, you cannot see the road anymore. So what do you do? Very simple. Be like Queen Elizabeth. What else do you complain about? Oh, what is that? Huh? Buffering. Very slow to upload. Right? Why? 100 Mbps. If you're in Spectrum, 75 Mbps. If you're with AT&T, you have a choice. Philippines, five. <laughs> so if you're in the Philippines, this is the whole day sometimes. Right? So what do you do? Very simple. There's always a solution. Very slow. My computer is very slow. Buffering. Okay, no problem. How about this? You like long lines? You like long lines? How many of you like long lines? Good. I don't like long lines either. I thought I was a monopoly. I don't like long lines. Takes time. People in front. Do you have this experience? For example, you go to Starbucks. Okay? So you're in line. You do your part. You already checked the menu. Okay, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. Okay. Then it's almost. Then the person in front of you is already there. That's the time. That's the time they will think and decide and talk to the barista. Oh, no, no, no. You make it uh, like this. Oh, no, no. Second thought, you make it like this. Come on, be honest. Why did you not prepare? Right? The Filipinos are very unique, very ingenious because they don't want to stand in line. Very easy. Very easy. <laughs> you put your sleepers in the line. Right? You put your sleepers in the line and you go to the snack bar or whatever it is. Then you come back, you check, where's my slippers? <laughs> this one. This next one. Of course, this is not all inclusive, no? This one. I do not have an answer. I am sorry. I do not have an answer for this number two that many of us complain about. Again, huh? I don't have an answer to this. The wife takes too long to get dressed. That one I do not have an answer yet. Because up to now, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. That's another 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> women, we men, not women, women, when we say we are ready, what does that mean? We're ready inside the car. Right? 
This one, I do not have an answer, so I'm sorry. Now, singles. Especially single women. Yeah. Finding God's best. Yeah. Finding God's best. Now, this is the God's best that you like, right? Look. He wake, the perfect man. He wakes up at six. He makes his own bed. He exercises every day. He cleans his own room. He works sincerely. He helps in the kitchen. He doesn't indulge in the nightlife. He reads and he goes to bed at nine. Oh, would you like such... Ladies, would you like such a man? Where can we find such a man? Well, I have bad news for you too. He's already taken. Where can you find such a man? In jail. He has no choice but to wake up at six, exercise, eat, clean, do all of the above. Why? He has no choice. He is incarcerated. Beware of complaintitis. Before we go on this morning, I would like to call Prince Zaira to come up here. Is Una with you? She's downstairs. Okay, Prince and Zaira, will you please come up? Now, they are not examples of complainers, okay? We are calling them up because next week they are moving to Northern California. God has opened up an opportunity for them. And one day, they will come here, hopefully not too long, and share their testimony about how, number one, God brought them to the U.S., how God, you know, turned their lives upside down, so to speak, and God opened an opportunity for them for, quote-unquote, a better future in Northern California. So they are going to leave us this week. They're going up north. You know, you know Prince, is he, is he here today or not? Yes or no? You know why he's here? He's already been working up north. Every weekend he drives down here to be with us. Praise God. So they're going, next, they're going this week, they're, they're going up to uh, Northern California to settle things there. So we're going to pray for them and commit them to the Lord this morning. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for Prince, for Zaira, and also for Una, Lord God, their daughter. Father, thank you for revealing yourself to them in a most personal way. Thank you, Lord God, for molding them into the image and likeness of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray as I by communicated with Prince this morning that we will send them off for the mission that you have given them up north. And who knows, Lord God, that through their work, through your work in their lives, they will be able to put up a discipleship group and, Lord willing, even another satellite church in Northern California aside from CCF San Francisco, Lord God. God, will you bless them? Will you protect them, Lord God? And as they delight in you, will you give them the desires 
of their heart that they may continue to glorify you in everything that they do as we commit them into your hands. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen and amen. amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Bye. If you need, uh, you know, decor and all that, sorry, you will have to go to Northern California now. You, 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 you see those uh, flowers that they make, some of the designs downstairs. Our sister Zai is uh, heavily involved in that. So you just now have an opportunity to drive up north to visit with them and make a lot of nice decor. So what's the temp message this morning? Beware of complaintitis. Outline is very simple. What is complaining? Why should we stop complaining? And how do we stop complaining? Very simple. First, what is complaining? The dictionary defines complaining as to express grief, pain, dissatisfaction, or discontent. Have you ever experienced any of the above or all of the above? Yes. So someone who complains is called a complainer. And the Bible defines or the dictionary defines a complainer is one who is discontented with his lot in life. One who is discontented with his lot in life. What is complaining? It is a self-centered expression of discontent, failing to trust God and submit to His sovereign plan for our lives. If you notice, once you begin to complain, all your complaints go higher and higher and higher. Eventually, your complaining goes all the way up to God. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness in providing for our meal this evening. Thank you, Lord God, that none of your children will be caught begging for bread. Thank you, Lord God, as we partake in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh! Pakbit na naman! Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Are we all guilty? Yes. We are discontent. Warning. Warning. It is a serious sin against God. To express your discontent in an ungodly way is sin against God. What do you mean, Pastor? Can I express my feelings to God without falling into sin? Yes. But if you are not careful, you will fall into the sin of grumbling. You want to know how to express your discontent without sinning? Yes or no? Oh, you come back next week. I'll preach on that. Complaintitis, a spiritual sickness of people infected, infected with, infected with self-pity, frustration, disappointment, and most of all, a lack of trust in God. A lack of trust in God. Why is it serious? Why, is, why can it be a serious sin against God? Exodus 5, 22-23, Moses complained to God for not doing what he wanted him to do. In Numbers 12, 
Aaron and Miriam complained about God's choice of Moses as their leader. Jonah 4, 9 and 10. Jonah complained to God for saving the Ninevites. As I said, it is a very thin line between complaining to God and complaining about God. You see, Psalm 142, David wrote, I will pour out my complaint to God. Jeremiah 12, I will pour out my complaint to God. But Miriam and Aaron complained about God. God, why did you choose this person? And if you read your Bible, the anger of the Lord burned against them. He called for a meeting. The cloud descended. That's the presence of God. And God spoke with Aaron, with Miriam, and Moses. And after that encounter, when the cloud lifted up, what happened to Miriam and Aaron? They were filled with leprosy. Be careful. Be careful about having a complaining spirit. Because look at what Romans 9.20 says. Oh man, what? Who answers back to God. The thing molded will not say to the molder, why did you make me like this? Will it? You try to raise your hand to your fist to God. You complain to God. You answer back to God. The example here is the potter and the clay. Who is the potter? God. What does the clay do? It just follows the hand of the potter. The clay does not complain. Why did you make me a teapot? Why did you make me a water pot? Why did you make me this? Why did you make me that? No. The clay just conforms to the will of the potter. Oh man who answers back to God. Be careful. Be careful. What is complaining? Second point. Why should we stop complaining? Very simply put, the Bible tells us not to complain. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do all things without complaining or arguing. So why will I stop complaining? Because the Bible says don't complain. Now, you insist to complain. You don't like your, the lot that God has given to you. You don't like your situation. You complain about God. You don't like who He is. You don't like what God is allowing in your life. Maybe this will happen to you. Numbers 14. As of the men whom Moses sent out to spy the land, and who returned and made all the congregation grumble against Him by bringing out a bad report concerning the land. They died by a plague before the Lord. What did they do? God sent them out. Pick 12 people, one from each tribe. Send them out to spy out the land. The land that I have promised to your fathers. The land flowing with milk and honey. And give back a report. What did they do? Joshua and Caleb said, we can do it. You know that cartoon character? We're doomed. 
10 of the 12 said, This land, yes, it is rich, it is fertile, but the people there are giants. We are just like grasshoppers to them. So what happened? Because of the bad report that they gave, what happened? The people grumbled. The people complained to God. And what did God do? That generation died out. For 40 years, they circled the wilderness. You want to complain? Be careful. Their report caused the people to grumble against God. So why should we stop complaining? Because, number one, the Bible says don't complain. How about verse 15? So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Do you know people who complain? Yes or no? People complain about everything. Yes? You have co-workers like that? There is a new memo. Hey! Complain, complain, complain. What's the one? You have like that? I have many co-workers like that. Imagine my co-workers. Attention, supervisors, please report to administration for a meeting. I'm on my way to meeting. Oh, they call it for a meeting again? Oh. And these are the, the workers. They're not even supervisors. And they're complaining why management is calling for a supervisor's meeting. And then when we go out of the, oh, that was a very long meeting, huh? What did they discuss again with you? I mean, you're not the one being called to the meeting. We are. Yet they choose to complain. Now, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible is telling us, do not complain. Do not argue. Why? So that you may become blameless, pure children of God. Does it mean that because you do not complain, that you are a child of God? Well, the Bible tells us the meaning of that you may become blameless really means so that you may prove to be. So that you may prove to be children of God. Pure, blameless children of God. You see, by their fruit, you will know them. If you see a Christian or someone who professes to be a Christian and everything that comes out of this person's mouth is complaining, you pray for that person. If God gives you the opportunity, you counsel that person. Why? Because out of the overflow of the heart speaks the mouth. Be careful. Don't complain. The Bible tells us not to complain. When we stop complaining and we trust God, it proves to ourselves, yes, indeed, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2 verse 15. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Light 
cancels out darkness. Go into a room totally dark and light a match. You and I have the opportunity to be like this lamp house. Light shining out of darkness. But if we, like the rest of the world, continue to complain, we blend in. We don't stand out. And then when we try to share the gospel with them, they say, what? You're a Christian too? Yes. Why do you complain like me? And you complain even more than I complain. And you're a Christian? Call me B. Let your light shine. Because God has transported you from the dominion of darkness to His kingdom of light. And we have the opportunity to shine for Jesus in this lost and depraved generation. Verse 16, As you hold out to the word of life, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. God is a rewarder. And God is preparing a reward for you. And if we follow the words of the Bible, if we live a life that is pleasing and glorifying to God, God is preparing different kinds of rewards. And Paul is telling the Philippian church, he's telling us this morning, that as you stop complaining, you prove yourselves to be followers of Jesus Christ. You bring light into the darkness of this world. And when you hold out until the end of the day, because those who persevere until the last day, those are the people who are saved, then what will you do? Yes, Lord, I have persevered. Just like Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness with the Lord, which the Lord Himself will give to me, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for His appearing. We better practice now. Who knows if you're so used to complaining, you know, and then when God calls you, and then when you're in front of God, what will you do? Oh, bakit ako dito? Why, why, why so early? I had a lot of things to do pa. You know? So, we should stop complaining. Why should you stop complaining? Oh, sige nga. You like that? This is the complaint department. Pick a number. Number one ka. What is that? Grenade. It will explode to you. You encounter people who complain? Yes or no? If you're around people who like to complain, what happens to you? You become a complainer too. It's infectious. Right? Hey, did you read that memo? Da, 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 da. Oh, nga! Grabe! So why should you stop complaining? Why? It is a serious sin against God. 
it steals people's joy. You know, you woke up, everything is nice, you go to work, and you have this employee or your co-worker complaining. Mamiya konti, ikaw, what happened to your job? Shira aramo. Right? Fruit of the Spirit, what happened? Laglag prutas. It vandalizes people's view of God. It distorts people's view of God. They know you're a Christian. You're number one to complain. It is contagious and infects others. And more importantly, no one will listen to the gospel message through you if we ourselves don't display our trust in God. You complain because you don't trust God. You complain because you don't like the situation that God has allowed you to be in. And how will you be able to share the gospel? You show them, you know, this is what, da, 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 da. and then there's a disconnect. You are the opposite of whom you are trying to share. Yet you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Stop complaining. Now, how do we stop complaining then? How do we stop complaining? Number one, take responsibility. Take responsibility. I've, I've heard this before. Pastor, can you please pray for me? Oh, yeah, of course. Why? Uh, I have this massive headache. And I have recording. I think the devil is trying to attack me. What? Okay, why? What happened? You know, I was out late last night. And you know, this I arrived at 3 o'clock. It's not the devil trying to attack you. You don't get enough sleep because you stay out at late at night. And now you want to blame the devil for your massive headache. Take responsibility. It's not always the devil. Take responsibility for your situation. Maybe you put yourself into that situation. Right? What does the Bible say? Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 3, Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Oh. Take responsibility. Second, Trust God. You have to trust God. Faith is both a noun and a verb. Faith without deeds is dead. If you keep on saying you have faith, but your life does not show it, will you please look in the mirror and ask yourself, have I really understood faith? Because faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the certainty of things not seen. You say that you... Oh, true example. You know, uh, I want to uh, bring the message of the Bible. Oh, good. Very good. So I said, have you come to a personal uh, knowledge and a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes. So when you die, where will you go? Ah, we cannot say. That, that, did that person really understand faith? 
Because the Bible tells us that if you are in Christ, your sins are forgiven, you're going to heaven. Not because of what you have done, but because of Jesus Christ going to the cross. The prayer that we encourage you to do is merely an expression of faith. The prayer of faith does not save you. Only Jesus Christ saves you. And why do we encourage you? Because the Bible says, if we confess, which is to declare, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our hearts, God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And what would be the evidence of that salvation? Trust. A verb, an action that people around you see that you are really trusting God. Despite your present adverse circumstance. And what is God's command to us? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. To cast means to give. Give what? All. But some of us give some. Some of us do not like to give all. Why? Because, oh, this is mine. I like this. God says, cast all your anxiety on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. God wants the best for you. But you're happy with the good. So you miss out on the best. Cast all. It's an imperative. Therefore, this is a command. Therefore, if you do not do this, what? Are you in sin or not? Mm -hmm. What is... If you do not apply this, are you in sin or not? Because you do not trust God. Oh, God, if I give this up, what might happen? What if? What if? Give it to God. He knows what is best for you. If you really trust God, you will give it up to God. This is trust in action. There was this great tightrope walker. His name is Blondin. He said, he, he put a rope between Niagara Falls on the Canadian side and the other side in New York. He said to the crowd, because he was very famous, how many of you believe that I can bring a wheelbarrow from point A to point B and back? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, volunteer. Nobody volunteered to sit in the wheelbarrow. But they said they believed. And a little boy raised his hand. Okay, go up. Brought the wheelbarrow. Turn around, brought the wheelbarrow back. People were, ah, wow, wow. Then they asked the boy, what made you go into the wheelbarrow? It's very dangerous. Oh, he's my dad. That's the point. This boy had relationship. This boy expressed his trust in his father. Not only did he know 
in his mind that his father can do it. But he trusted his father completely to get in the wheelbarrow because he had this trust relationship with the person who said, I'm going to bring you from point A to point B and back. Jesus Christ said, I am going to save you. Despite yourself, I'm going to save you. Because apart from me, you have no salvation at all. So I'm going to take the cross on your behalf so that you have an opportunity to spend eternity with me in heaven. Cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. And if you trust God, no matter what your situation is, you will thank him. Instead of complaining, thank God. You try it. You try it. Your complaining attitude will disappear. Thank God. Philippians 4 verse 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Prayer, general. Supplication, detail. With thanksgiving. That is a sign of trust. That is a sign of faith. Lord, it's not happening yet. But right now, I'm already thanking you for how you will answer my prayer. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. So bring it up to God. Whatever it is you're going through, bring it up to God and thank God. God, thank you for what you are allowing because I know that you are in control and something good is going to come out of this because your word says and we know that in all things God works together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So my friends, this morning I challenge you, stop complaining about God and how big your problems are. Instead, start telling your problems how big your God is. The size of your problem is directly proportionate to the size of you or your view of how your God is, how big God is in your life. If your view of God is, I God is, you have a big problem. But if you have a big and gigantic view of who God is, your problems are nothing. They're nothing. Look at these two people. To your left, you see that uh, guy in uh, white hair. He is Ravi Zacharias. The guy on his right is Nabil Qureshi. Nabil Qureshi was in college in 2001 when he met and befriended a Christian. They engaged in theological discussion from 2001 to 2005. 
and Nabil came to faith in Jesus Christ. He studied apologetics right here in Biola University, at the same time completing his medical degree. In 2013, he joined Ravi Zacharias Ministries, and in 2014, published Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. On the release of his third book in 2016, he announced that he was diagnosed with advanced stage stomach cancer. Is the video on there? You have the audio? Can you check? All right. Listen to what he has to say. Hi, everyone. This is Nabil. I know I just updated the video yesterday, but I've been thinking about some things I wanted to discuss briefly um, that I've never really had an opportunity to discuss. And that is where my heart has been during my ministry. There's been a lot of discussion about details about the truth of Islam and Christianity and um, looking into the Quran and the Hadith and the Bible and Jesus and Muhammad, etc. You know, I think it's very important that we discuss matters of truth. But at the end of the day, that is supposed to be undergirded by love and by peace. When we talk to people about our beliefs, we should do it through a lens of love. And the whole point should be to bring people together, um, to bring people together to the truth and not to hurt one another, but to help one another. And I've noticed at times that people will take the information that I share and use it to undercut one another. Uh, that has not been my intent. My whole point in, in teaching is for love to reign. And so, as you consider my ministry, I hope it leaves uh, a legacy of, of love, of peace, of truth, um, of caring for one another. That's my hope and my, my purpose behind this. And so if at any point I've said anything that seems to contravene that, I do apologize. And I hope that that's not the legacy that I leave behind. Um, so please also pray for my family. Uh, they have been taking such great care of me over the past few weeks, especially my father, but also my mother, my sister, and my wife. Um, I do hope that there'll be people uh, who will pray for them should the worst happen to me. So please do consider them going forward in your prayers on a daily basis. Okay, I think that's it. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Um, you know, our God is a God of love. And that should be what keeps us driven. That should be foremost in our mind. Um, so whether you're talking to a Hindu, a Jew, a Muslim, a Christian, whoever you're talking to, uh, may it be out of love. Thanks very much, everyone. I'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Bye-bye.
that video was posted by Nabil himself. He has a vlog. This video was posted September 6, 2017. September 7, I believe, 2017. September 16, 2017. He went to be with Jesus. You got saved. You have a vibrant ministry. You began to go around the world with one of the greatest apologetics speakers, Ravi Zacharias. To find only to find that you're in advanced stomach cancer. They have a young daughter. Did I not give you enough reason to complain? Did you see him complain? These are his statements. Lord, please give me more time to share the gospel with those around me who do not know you. Lord, allow me to live more days to give you praise and please you with my life. Lord, help me see the world through your eyes of compassion and love. Lord, may my life shine forth the joy and abundance you have given me. Are those the words of someone who is angry at God? For giving him cancer at 34, 34 years of age. God took him. You're serving the Lord, and God gives you cancer. God takes you away from your family, from your wife, from your young daughter. But because Nabil understood that God is sovereign and God is in control and because he's going to be with God for the rest of eternity, he can go without complaining, casting all of your cares upon him because he cares for you. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars. As you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Friends, there is only one person who has the God-given right to complain. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. I did nothing wrong. Why will I die for the sins of these people? Yet he did not complain. He was brought like a sheep before its shearers. And he did not open his mouth. Though they reviled him, they did, he did not revile. Even if he could have at one instance called legions of angels, he did not. He kept on humbling himself and trusting himself to the one, God the Father, the one who judges rightly. Jesus gave us the model. Jesus gave us the example. And that's why we encourage you. Do nothing 
from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself and taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. How? By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. My friends, if there is someone who has the right to complain, it is Jesus Christ. But did he complain? No. He spoke to God, His Father, our Heavenly Father. And He said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, Father, if it is possible, remove this cup. But not my will, but your will be done. Be careful about complaining because you might fall into sin this morning we have the opportunity to celebrate the Lord's table and as we always do the first Sunday of each month we take the bread and the juice and commemorate what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us on the night he was betrayed he took bread and gave thanks and he told his disciples take and eat this is my body which is given up for you in the same night he took a cup of wine gave thanks and said take and drink this is my body the, this is my blood which is given for the remission of your sins do this in memory of me this morning we do that we commemorate we reflect on what Jesus Christ has done. We reflect on our sinfulness. But of course, this also is a time of rejoicing that because of what Jesus Christ has done, I am free. I am free to dance. I am free to run. I am free to sing. But above all, I am free to glorify God with my entire life. If you are here this morning, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, take a cup, take a piece of bread, hold on to it as we will partake together. If you are not sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, or if there is sin in your life that you are unwilling to give up, then inhibit yourself. We are not preventing you. I encourage you, inhibit yourself. Because many people during the time of Paul, died for taking the Lord's table lightly. So, in deference to everyone here this morning, in an attitude of prayer, come and partake of the bread and the juice and wait for the rest of us so that we may all partake together. Come.
broken and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, we remember your sacrifice. Thank you that you did not complain that God would send you to take our sins upon your body on that tree. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that because of what you have done, our sins are no longer counted against us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's partake of the bread. On the same night, you took the cup, gave thanks, and said, take and drink, for this is the cup of my blood in the new covenant. Do this in the remembrance of me. God the Father, you said that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness for our sins. And Lord Jesus, we remember you this morning. That you who did not sin would take sin on our behalf. And on that cross, Lord God, that men whom you created nailed you to that cross for sins that you did not commit. God, you shed your blood. You shed your blood for us, Jesus. And now when the Father sees us, He no longer sees our sins. He sees your perfect blood. Lord Jesus, help us to hate sin, to run away from sin and to run to you. And this morning we rejoice that your unblemished blood covers us and secures our place in eternity. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Let's partake of the juice. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you that we can worship you. Thank you that we can honor you and glorify you. Father, allow us, Lord, to accept your word. And more importantly, to apply these truths in our lives, Lord, that we shouldn't complain. Because complaining expresses our lack of trust in you. Teach us, Lord, to cast all of our cares upon you. And to trust you no matter what. Because we know that in all things, God works together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. All these we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.